Hello and welcome to the Blue Economy Podcast, presented by Rhode Island, the Ocean State. I'm your host, David Hirschman, and on this episode, we're talking about naval defense innovation. Our guest is Christian Cowan, the Executive Director of 401 TechBridge. As always, we hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you're listening. And you can learn more about the show at www.blueeconomypodcast.com or by following us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And now, here's our interview with Christian Cowan, the Executive Director of 401 TechBridge. So welcome to the podcast, Christian. Happy to have you here. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so first, let's just kind of start from the beginning. Can you tell tell me kind of briefly what 401 TechBridge is and kind of you know when the organization was founded, what's your mission, that kind of stuff? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so 401 TechBridge is a Rhode Island nonprofit. Uh, we were founded in 2019, right before the pandemic broke, uh, essentially. And uh, we were a spin out of uh, Polaris MEP and housed under the URI Research Foundation. Uh, so uh, we are a nonprofit sitting under the 501c3 uh, URI Research Foundation. Uh, we were established uh, to create uh, commercialization opportunities. Uh, between uh, academia, government, and industry. Uh, so we bring together partners uh, to um, commercialize technology in uh, a host of realms. Our initial focus is around materials. Uh, our partners from the beginning from definition was the uh, Rhode Island um, uh, Composite Alliance. Uh, so that Composite Alliance uh, is formed with uh, manufacturing companies doing fantastic things with carbon composite and a bunch of other technologies. Uh, and we saw the opportunities uh, thanks to Senator Whitehouse, who really encouraged us in the beginning to uh, really support the growth, um, you know, originally sustainability, but growth of the composite industry as they support things like infrastructure and defense applications. And so in, in your ecosystem, you've got uh, the startups and kind of the kind of bigger industry players. Do you like to include sort of venture capital in that as well? Uh, sure. Venture capital is a key uh, to a startup ecosystem. Um, Rhode Island, uh, in the past five or six years, has done an incredible job of building up a startup ecosystem um, with uh, the things that didn't exist before, like the Cambridge Innovation Center, uh, Center uh, Venture Cafe. And there's been uh, some venture activities that are now going on in the state that just really weren't uh, around five or six years ago. So, so venture funding is part of it, for sure. Why do you think there has been so much kind of, uh, um, I guess, upswell of, uh, of venture activity in, in Rhode Island? Is it just kind of um, just the appetite was there? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, one is, um, you know, Governor Raimondo was certainly very supportive of both technology uh, manufacturing and the startup environment. Uh, so uh, a lot of the uh, programs that were implemented were under that administration. Uh, and the other part is there is a natural tendency for startups uh, to be supportive of large companies. Um, so a good example is, you know, a Raytheon or a Hasbro. Um, those companies uh, really thrive uh, having small startup companies either spin out or support those companies. Um, so, you know, Rhode Island, from a technology and manufacturing perspective, has been growing and swelling up. So that startup ecosystem was ripe to uh, accelerate uh, as the larger companies grew and established foothold here in the state. Cool. Well, at the end of 2019, 401 TechBridge uh, became the first organization to officially partner with the Naval X TechBridge initiative. 
Um, and since then, a handful of other Naval X Tech Bridge sites have opened their doors across the country. Um, I guess, what was it like being the first out of the gate and has Rhode Island been able to serve as a model for you know the other sites around the country? Yeah, uh, it's super exciting to, to retell the story. We live at uh, uh, the Composite Alliance of Rhode Island and Polaris uh, were really tapped by uh, Senator Whitehouse uh, and some state officials to say, we really need to support uh, this industry. Um, so uh, back in 2016, actually, we started putting together some proposals on how we would do that. Um, those proposals ended up going into a state solicitation called the uh, Rhode Island Innovation Campus Bond Program. Um, and there are innovation campuses that were proposed um, and are now active. Uh, 401 TechBridge was uh, submitted as an application. It was the first opportunity uh, that myself and um, the Marine Trades and the Composite Alliance had the opportunity to write down what we've been talking about for years to our state representatives and the congressionals. Uh, and that application went into the Innovation Campus uh, Bond and, and was going through that process when the Office of Naval Research uh, got wind of what we were doing. Um, and uh, our proposal was essentially to create physical and programmatic space where people could come work together and work on technology and create new products. Uh, and the Office of Naval Research said this is actually uh, very supportive of what we need to do from a Navy perspective. Um, it's it's uh, no secret that the uh, U.S. military is looking for non-traditionals to support from products and technologies. Um, and so the Navy was looking for help, you know, kind of on the other side of the fence to help connect with companies that don't traditionally work with the Navy uh, and help them push technology faster. Uh, so back in 2019, so uh, sorry, so the, the Office of Naval Research ONR um, was then our next big supporter of, of our program. Uh, and then that we were awarded the State Innovation Campus Bond uh, and, and ONR has been very good to us. And, and um, we were able to start up 401 Tech Bridge as a spin out. Um, the, uh, uh, in 2019, uh, that was one of our landmark events. Um, and that was when we signed a partnership intermediary agreement, uh, with, uh, Newick Newport. Uh, and that allows us to very closely partner with Newick, uh, to find technical problems, uh, that the engineering crew is having, uh, on the Newick, on the Newport base, uh, and connect them into companies that could solve those problems. So that 2019 event was fun. Uh, we had an admiral come from DC. Um, and of course, our incredibly supportive federal delegation uh, was all there with Senator Reid, Senator Whitehouse, and our two uh, congressmen. So it was it was a great landmark event, and it was really the kickoff of our program. And for things like Newick, are you uh, trying to mostly connect connect them to like local companies, or is it just all all across the country? I mean, are you like, are, is it very specific to local? Uh, so our focus right now um, is uh, is in the Northeast. Um, the, the the program spun out of Polaris. So Polaris is a manufacturing support entity, manufacturing extension partnership. Um, and Polaris is focused on just Rhode Island. So we have uh, essentially feet on the street in all the manufacturers across the state. Um, so we know Rhode Island manufacturers inside and out. So we are focused on Rhode Island manufacturers. Um, but we are connecting with our partner states uh, in the Northeast to make sure that we're, you know, pulling technology and companies from Boston and Maine. You know, Maine's got an incredible uh, materials program with composites and wind um, and connecting them into Navy problems is both important for the Navy and important for the state of Rhode Island because it pulls those companies into the state. 
so you know that partnership was your organization's first kind of big announcement. Um, now that you've been around for you know another year and a half, um, how's the organization grown? And I guess besides the Navy, what other organizations are you kind of looking to partner with? I. Yeah, the, uh, so the pandemic has definitely been a challenge. <laughs> um, we, uh, part of uh, the implementation of 401 TechBridge is physical space. Uh, so we are building out a building in Portsmouth, uh, which is scheduled to be completed somewhere around the end of the year. Uh, and um, that physical space, you know, luckily enough, the pandemic seems to be easing. Um, so that physical space will be more important towards the end of the year. Uh, but in the meantime, during the pandemic, uh, we were able to get some virtual programming running uh, up and quickly. Uh, we're able to connect some startup companies into some of our partners like Iris School for Technologies and Trades, uh, which is in Newport. Uh, and we helped uh, house some company, companies and some uh, technologies into Iris. Uh, we're partnered with Brown to make sure that we're connecting uh, Brown University into Newark with technologies. Um, and we've had a couple of um, good programmatic, uh, kind of larger programmatic uh, events happen. Um, uh, one is we have what we call the Materials Innovation Challenge, uh, which is connecting uh, university research capabilities into companies that was uh, very well received and some fantastic results have come out of it. Um, and we also have a Navy prize challenge uh, that we're executing now. Uh, and that's where the Navy um, uh, specifically exposes a technical challenge uh, to companies. And then we as 401 TechBridge go find companies that can solve it. Um, and uh, they pitch to the Navy. If the Navy likes their uh, solution, they're awarded money. In this case, it's either 30 or $50,000. Uh, for the project. So um, so even though we don't have a physical space, we are executing a good kind of um, uh, uh, single projects with supporting companies and, and workforce, uh, as well as those kind of larger programmatic uh, activities where we're uh, really accelerating research uh, and getting that research into projects. Well, let's talk a little bit about the physical location. Um, you know, what, what do you ex kind of expect to happen there eventually? You know, um, is it, you know, having people physically connect in space, having events and that kind of stuff, or are, are people can actually be, are the startups going to be working alongside you there? Or? Yeah. The, um, so the physical space is in Portsmouth, uh, Rhode Island, uh, about 17,000 square feet. It's, wow. it's in Portsmouth um, because it's very strategically located in between the composite companies in Bristol and the Navy base down in Newport, uh, almost directly right in between. Um the, the space uh, essentially has three different components. There's, uh, there's an open uh, multimedia space where we're going to use for events and uh, training. We're going to do a bunch of workforce training in the space. Um, there are some shared offices in the space uh, as the second component. Um, we do not expect to be an incubator or accelerator, but we uh, intend to provide office space for companies that are doing projects in our space. And then the third one is the most important and where all the activity will be. And it's essentially lab space uh, for materials innovation. So we expect um, companies, undergraduates, faculty, government um, to all come in and work on things together. Um, and, you know, the example that I give is uh, there's been um, uh, Newick engineers who have really struggled with uh, composite structures. Um, so, uh, 
they're eager to take that composite structure into a neutral facility, which would be the 401 TechBridge facility, and have the composite uh, companies that have incredible expertise here in Rhode Island uh, really um, help them solve these composite structure problems that they're uh, they're working on, and then bring those back on base um, and build in the uh, incredibly high-tech uh, interior of those composite structures to go into water. You made some news in early April when you announced that you were working with Haydale to bring an HT200 plasma reactor to the uh, Portsmouth facility. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the machine and how companies will be able to use it? And is it as cool as it sounds? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's great. And uh, it's one example of how I think we look to uh, activate our lab-based activity uh, in the Portsmouth building. Um, so uh, the, the plasma reactor will be leveraged to activate graphene. Graphene has uh, a very specific and unique characteristics when it's used for coating materials. Um, it, uh, there's some great publications on how it uh, enhances the strength and durability when coated over carbon composite uh, structures. Um, as well as uh, impact resistance of those structures when coated with the graphene. Um, and then there are some uh, studies that have been produced with our uh, partner graphene composites uh, around using a graphene silver oxide to coat uh, HVAC filters or any filter um, and uh, help with virus mitigation. So uh, there are a bunch of uses for graphene um, that have end uses that are perfect for 401 TechBridge activities. Uh, so that the plasma reactor is the first step in activating the graphene. Uh, and then we expect, and we've already got agreements to do this with uh, graphene activation in the Portsmouth building, bringing in industry partners to leverage that production capability, that uh, processing capabilities to then uh, test on their prototypes and then eventually implement on into products. So it's, it's pretty exciting and a perfect um, a use case of how uh, materials will be um, increased and uh, produced into a, in a lab environment and then pushed into a commercialization activity. Interesting. Um, well, staying kind of on the topic of advanced composites, um, you know, from the early, early days of boat building, um, the highly sort of specialized sector um, has always been a source of pride here in Rhode Island. Uh, particularly in manufacturing. Um, and so I, I guess, um, where do you see this industry going? And I guess, what, how do you want to kind of participate in that? Uh, yeah, and so I had uh, mentioned in the beginning, uh, Senator Whitehouse has uh, been incredibly supportive of the growth of the composite, comp composite industry here in the state. Um, you had mentioned uh, the evolution, which is true. Uh, the boat building industries, you know, started with, uh, um, you know, back to Harishoff, uh, but building World Cup boats uh, evolved into fiberglass. Uh, and now uh, the evolution of materials, they're building all those uh, really high performance boats at a carbon composite. Uh, but there have been uh, a lot of companies here in the state that have figured out that the uh, the use of carbon composites um, in that they're doing in boats could be applied to other structures uh, like um, uh, buildings and bridges. Uh, and you know, there's there's an example of uh, companies building roller coaster cars and architectural pieces all out of carbon composites. So those marine companies really pivoted and grew their business by taking their core material competency and making other products with them. 
um, it, which is very exciting and, and the reason we continue to try to support the growth of that industry. Um, the next steps with all of that uh, are even more um, exciting. There are large infrastructure bills that are coming out of the federal government, uh, and a lot of those bills are calling for innovations in materials. Um, so the, the science says and the data says carbon composite is much more stronger, more resilient than steel. Um, so you could think about the incredible opportunities of replacing steel with carbon composites and the implications on businesses uh, and industry here in Rhode Island, what that would do to our workforce. Uh, and those are all high tech, high paying jobs. So it's really exciting to, to think about the opportunities uh, for that industry in general. Uh, I have said for years the um, uh, the industry here in Rhode Island that has the chance for explosive growth is the composite industry. And, and that's the reason um, the, the science says uh, and the regulations are changing um, so that you can use carbon composite in all those applications. Uh, and the size of those markets are incredibly large. So it's exciting to be just a small supporting mechanism for, for the growth of that industry. What are a few companies in Rhode Island kind of at, at the center of what do you think of uh, this sort of explosive growth? I, I mean, um, one that we uh, talk about a lot and has done incredible things is Gertz Composites. So uh, uh, Gertz uh, was founded by uh, Eric Gertz, who is a world-renowned um, a boat designer, uh, and they have... Uh, uh, they were they've been able to pivot their company to provide products into all different kinds of industries. Um, so Gertz is 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 certainly one of them. Um, but there's really exciting smaller startup companies that are coming out of the state as well, including the Moore Brothers, uh, who we're working with closely, um, and uh, and Symmetrics, uh, which is another uh, carbon composite uh, mold maker. So th those again are all companies that have figured out how to you know pivot out of uh, or complement their marine industry is a better way to say it, uh, and and really grow their business uh, into mar other markets. Cool. Well, let's get into your big announcement. Um, you know, 401 TechBridge recently announced that it earned a nearly $725,000 grant from the U.S. Economic Development Administration's Sprint Challenge. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what the Sprint Challenge is um, and what's the plan for the new funding? Yeah, I am very excited about this. Uh, very uh, thankful again to our federal delegation. I'm not sure if everyone uh, totally understands how important and supportive our federal delegation is to bringing this money into the state. Uh, so Senator Whitehouse, Senator Reid have been uh, completely uh, instrumental in this. Uh, this money, it, it will spark innovation from a, a blue tech standpoint. Um, so uh, the Sprint Challenge was intended to spark economic activity coming out of uh, the pandemic. Uh, we propose to uh, to fund uh, some startup activities, including a Mass Challenge cohort. So Mass Challenge is uh, an accelerator program that's here in Rhode Island. Um, we've partnered with them in the past. We now uh, have a Blue Tech uh, cohort, a Blue Tech program uh, that we are uh, working to kick off now to be implemented in the fall. So that will be focused on uh, startup activities, startup companies in the Blue Tech space. Um, uh, the, the grant will also uh, further fund uh, research for companies at universities. Uh, so we've gotten tons of feedback. The state of Rhode Island, Commerce Rhode Island, uh, under Secretary Pryor, uh, has implemented great programs like innovation vouchers, and they've proven to make big uh, impacts at companies to be able to get access to university facilities and faculty. 
Um, so our EDA program will further accelerate those activities to make sure that we tie in um, uh, companies into research activities that they just don't, uh, and, and testing facilities that they just don't have access to. So, um, so two, two different activities. We very intentionally um, uh, targeted this grant application at Blue Tech. Uh, we, along with a, a bunch of other people, think the Blue Tech opportunity is big for the state of Rhode Island. What, what, what aspect of, I, I guess this is, this is a question we sort of ask everybody, um, but what aspect of the blue economy excites you the most? I mean, I know that you've been very specific on kind of material sciences and stuff like that. Um, do, you, do you see kind of supporting the broader blue economy or blue tech ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of uh, really important aspects uh, and exciting aspects to blue tech from, from offshore wind to ocean floor mapping to aquaculture and fisheries to underwater communications. Uh, there are incredible uh, technology and market and customer usage uh, aspects to many different parts of Blue Tech. From my point of view, there's a very interesting, exciting intersection uh, between what we uh, in the military call dual use, right? So um, technologies and applications that can both be used in the military and in the commercial space. Uh, and that intersection between military applications uh, and commercial applications uh, really accelerates quickly uh, technologies um, to be able to leverage both uh, uh, sources of funding uh, and from a, uh, an industry standpoint, gives an industry partner, a company, uh, the ability to sell similar products and technologies in two different places. Uh, so the fact that um, we are very uniquely uh, situated in a state with an incredible asset being Narragansett Bay, uh, there is really fantastic opportunity um, to invest in uh, our, uh, our coastal features, to invest in uh, technology and instrumentation of our bay, uh, to invest in data collection and big data associated with blue economy. Uh, and really, I see uh, uh, industry starts and industry growth coming out of the uh, uh, of the blue tech programming uh, to really uh, take the state to the next level. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You know, it's been a, a real pleasure. Yeah, David, it was, it's a lot of fun. I love talking about this and I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to the Blue Economy Podcast, presented by Rhode Island, the ocean state. And thanks again to Christian Cowan and 401 TechBridge for joining us. We hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you want to learn more, just head over to our website at www.blueeconomypodcast.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. From beautiful Providence, Rhode Island, I'm David Hirschman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.